Hello again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome to the Magic Avery podcast, brought to you by MagicAvery.com. In our last episode, Steve and Uncle Shameless escaped from the Hawk King's dungeons and took a wild ride on an ancient stone aqueduct. The ride had a scary ending, however, as it dumped them into a cold lake deep in the forest. Steve and Uncle Shameless tried to escape the water, but could not. Meanwhile, back at the Hawk King's castle, his second-in-command, Unala, was told of Steve's appearance in the city. Not being familiar with the prophecy, Unala called for Mystic to explain the importance of Steve's appearance. And now, the next exciting episode of The Magic of Airy. The Magic of Airy. The podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan, based on the novel *The Magic of Airy* by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode number ten: Are you a pelican or a pelicant? Steve was dreaming again. He was in a village. He looked up to the sky and saw the Hawk King with his vile, burning eyes. The ground quaked as the Hawk King landed. Two fiery creatures were on either side of Fiacra. Steve could not make out what they were. Their shapes were blurry and sketchy. The Hawk King pointed the Spear of Zoo at Steve, and the creatures opened their mouths. Streams of white-hot fire shot out towards Steve, and he felt it burn. (laughs) Steve gasped. Waking himself up. Back with us, are you? Said a calm female voice. Steve rubbed his eyes. Thankfully, this time he still had his glasses. He was afraid to stop rubbing his eyes, as he wondered what odd creature had helped him this time. Perhaps it was some manner of woodchuck or marmot. Take it easy, the voice said as a soothing hand wiped his forehead. You're lucky I was around to see you two fall in the water. Otherwise, well, I'd rather not think about what might have happened. Steve looked up to see his rescuer. She looked like a pelican, but like the other bird people of Airy, she stood up like a human. She also did not have wings. Her head was a mix of white and brown feathers. The rest of her body was light brown except for her thin yellow legs and webbed feet. She was dressed in a light gray poncho and wore a large backpack. Who are you? Steve asked. My name is Era. The pelican lady replied in a soft voice. Steve noticed that her poncho was soaked. Did you have to dive in to save us? Think nothing of it, Era said, patting Steve on the head with a soft, feathered hand. We pelicans are excellent divers. In fact, I stopped by this lake for a quick swim anyway. Huh, that is convenient, Steve thought aloud. Well, the funny thing is, I was not planning on it at all. And then, all of a sudden... I had the urge to go for a swim. Steve furrowed his brow and was about to go on about coincidences when he was distracted by a loud groan from Uncle Shameless. Ugh, they ought to charge for a ride like that, Uncle Shameless said, rubbing his sore head. He looked over at Steve and Era. Oh, hello. This is Era the Pelican. She saved us, Steve explained. Uncle Shameless's eyes lit up. A pelican, huh? Steve quickly saw where this was going. No, 
Please don't. Uncle Shameless ignored his nephew. Can your beak hold more than your belly can? Era stared at Uncle Shameless for a moment and eventually laughed. <laughs> your father is very funny. That's my uncle. We call him Uncle Shameless. My name is Steve. As Era walked over to Uncle Shameless, Steve noticed she was using a walking stick. Era helped Uncle Shameless get to his feet. Era smiled, then she looked at Uncle Shameless's chest and noticed the wounds caused by the Hawken warrior's talons. Zaz, beak, you're wounded! Uncle Shameless looked down at his cut-up chest. Huh, I uh, hadn't noticed, Uncle Shameless said as he began to take a drink of wine. Era placed her hand on his arm, stopping Uncle Shameless in mid-sip. That won't make it better. Here, I have something that will heal the wound. She dropped her walking stick, took off her large backpack, and rummaged around inside. Where is it? Where is it? Let's see here. No, 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 that's not it. Oh, ah, here we go. A moment later, she pulled out a small glass bottle. The glass was the color of blue crystal, and a thick silver liquid swirled around inside. This will fix you right up. It's my own special recipe. Eris said as she poured some of the silver liquid into her hand and rubbed it into Uncle Shameless's wounds. Steve watched in amazement as the wounds quickly began healing. Think nothing of it. This is what I do. I'm a healer. I was actually on my way to Uff, the last human village, to offer my services when I had that urge to go for a swim in this lake. Uncle Shameless gave Steve a how-about-that expression. The boy rolled his eyes. Mind if we tag along? Back at Ark's Venator, a mystic of Zoo finally joined Unala and Nevik in the meditation room. The mystic was a short, squat vulture. He had a bulbous, featherless head, and he was dressed in red robes. His eyes were solid spears of white with tiny black dots in the center. You requested me, Wingmaster. The fat little vulture hissed. Yes, Unala wishes you to explain this prophecy nonsense to him. Unala said as he handed the vulture the completed mystic request form. The vulture waddled up to the Wingmaster and dropped a large, heavy book onto the table in front of him. He opened it up to the middle and started reading. Which one? The mystic asked in a snippy tone. Unala does not understand what is meant by which one. Explain. The mystic slammed the large book shut, causing Nevik to jump. He then took off his ridiculously large monocle and stared right at Unala. This whole book, the mystic said, pointing to the large red book is filled with prophecies. You'll have to be a tad more specific. Unala sighed. Unala is not amused, mystic. I'm quite serious. The mystic scoffed. They were rather prophecy-mad back in the old days, I'm afraid. In fact, this copy is just the abridged version. The mystic started turning to random pages and reading aloud the various prophecies written down. Here, listen to this one. And so shall be 
that after the sun sets, there will be nothing but darkness until the morning. Oh yes, they really worked hard on that one. He turned a few more pages. Or how about this? So it was written that there will be many rains in the rainy season. <sighs> I don't even know why we keep these around anymore. Unala started rubbing his eyes and then looked over at Nevik. Tell him what you told Unala. We wish to know about the prophecy. I have seen the boy. Thunder cracked violently outside as the mystic cast the hawk in a knowing look. He reached inside his robe and pulled out a small, locked, red book. He took a key from a chain around his neck, unlocked the book, and read the contents aloud. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairy.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. And remember, Airy is spelled E-Y-R-I. The mystic finished reading the prophecy and closed the small book with a quick snap. Hmm... This concerns Unala, the large Hawkin said as he paced around the room. Perhaps the Hawk King should be told about this the boy person. The only thing he hates more than getting bad news is not getting bad news. Nevik and the mystic shared a confused look. Unala spun around on his heels and pointed to Nevik. You! Come with Unala. Unala glanced at the vulture. That will be all, mystic. Unala no longer requires you. Nevik bowed and followed Unala to the stairs leading up to the throne room of the Hawk King as the mystic of Zu slithered away into the shadows. You have done well, young warrior. Unala is sure the Hawk King will be very thankful. When they reached a door at a landing, Unala said, You must wait here. Until Unala returns. Is something wrong, sir? Unala still has six minutes of personal time left, and he wishes to spend it alone before having to visit the Hawk King to talk about this the boy business. Nevik nodded and stepped aside as Unala maneuvered his large frame through the door and closed it behind him. Nevik heard the clunk of a lock, followed by silence. Nevik had never been to the Hawk King's throne room before, nor had he ever been within close distance of the Hawk King. He thought about which rewards he might be granted, perhaps even a different post outside of the city, away from the annoying wall of fire. Nevik's daydreams were interrupted by a loud banging sound coming from the other side of Unala's door. It sounded like metal being hit by a hammer. He wondered what Unala was doing. Exactly six and a half minutes later, Unala exited his room. Unala's personal time for the day has expired. Let us go. As Nevik walked up the stairs, he wondered how such an odd, deranged Hawken could be the Hawk King's chief administrator. As Unala walked up the stairs, he wondered if his meeting with the Hawk King would count as overtime.
Nevik nervously waited outside the main doors of the throne room as Unala talked with the Hawk King inside. On the wall across from Nevik, there was a large mural showing Fiak Ra leading his Hawken troops into a grand sky battle against the Owls and their allies. Fiak Ra and his troops were on the right, with their targets on the left. The caption underneath read, Fiak Ra, favorite of Zhu, smites the enemies of Zhu. Nevik then turned his gaze down the hall to see a massive stained glass window of the Hawk King looking vigilant and holding an ornate calendar as a pile of birthday presents burned behind him. Nevik inspected another piece of artwork, an elaborate tapestry showing Fiak Ra with a fishing net and various bird peoples, but no owls or blue herons, surrounding him in awe. The title read, Fiak Ra, favorite of Zhu, invents fishing. This caught Nevik by surprise. He was not aware that the Hawk King had invented fishing, but he figured that if it was in the tapestry, it must be true. Although Nevik was fairly certain that the Hawk King never went anywhere near the sea because of the worms and their watery magic. But the young Hawkins shrugged and figured that anything was possible during a reign of over 300 years. The next tapestry astounded Nevik even more. It showed Fiak Ra sitting at a desk with books and parchment around him. The title read, Fiak Ra, Favorite of Zhu, Invents Words. Nevik had no idea that the Hawk King had invented words. The young Hawken continued walking down the Hall of Accomplishments, as the hall outside of the throne room was so named, and inspected the remaining several dozen tapestries that lined the walls, each showing one of Fiak Ra's accomplishments. Suddenly, the large wooden doors of the throne room opened. Unala commands you to enter and to bow before your king. Nevik swallowed nervously, left the tapestry he was looking at, entitled Fiak Ra, Favorite of Zoo, Invents the Melon Baller, and walked into the main throne room. The massive dome-shaped room was on top of the castle, right underneath the stone effigy of Zoo. Fiak Ra's royal guard lined the sides of the domed room. Ceremonial winged helmets covered their battle-scarred faces, their piercing eyes hidden in the depths of the metal. Elegant but foreboding light armor covered their bodies. The entire royal guard held their spears upright and perfectly still, looking like a collection of menacing statues. Rumor had it that if anyone tried to attack Fiak Ra in this room, they would never even reach the throne. Nevik walked to the center of the throne room and kneeled. Above him was a large circular opening in the roof at the base of the statue of Zhu. Light poured into the throne room from the hole in the ceiling, illuminating the tile floor where Nevik knelt. He glanced down at the floor to see a large tile mosaic, showing the Hawk King wielding the fiery spear of Zhu. Rise, an ominous voice commanded, sending chills down Nevik's spine. The warrior slowly stood up and looked towards the Hawk King. His throne was several feet above the floor, accessed by a narrow ascending staircase. Even though light filled most of the chamber, Fiak Ra was blanketed in shadows. All Nevik could see from his lower position on the floor were Fiak Ra's two fire-filled eyes and the Spear of Zhu. Nevik noticed that the spear was not aflame, as it was often depicted in artwork of the Hawk King. Instead, it looked like an ordinary spear with a long obelisk-shaped blade made of stone. Unala stood near the bottom of the staircase leading up to Fiak Ra's elevated throne. Tell Fiak Ra, favorite of Zhu, what you told Unala. But before Nevik could speak, Unala added, By the way, 
Uh, this was during Unala's personal time, and he was wondering if... Silence! The Hawk King bellowed as he pounded the stone floor with the butt of his spear. Speak! Fiak Ra commanded from his throne in a powerful yet calm voice. Highness, I have seen the boy from the prophecy. Nevik ignored the thunder roaring above and continued. He was here in Daraga, and he wore a blue heron amulet. Nevik watched as Fiakra's fire-filled eyes burned brighter and brighter. The flames poured out of his eyes and reached up past his shadow-covered head. Then, Nevik noticed the stone tip of the Spear of Zu began glowing, as if it were in a hot forge. A sizzling sound filled the domed room, and suddenly the tip of the spear became engulfed in flame. From this flash of fire, Nevik caught a glimpse of Fiakra's face and his scarred eye. Where is the boy now? Fiakra asked, his voice shaking the room. He has escaped, Highness. I was knocked out in the dungeon, and when I awoke, he was gone. Nevik explained. Fiakra slammed the butt of his spear into the ground once more. Who let this boy into my city? The angry king bellowed from his shadowy throne. Unala produced a notebook and began flipping through the pages. What was yesterday? Unala asked the nearest royal guard, forgetting that the royal guards were not allowed to speak unless commanded by Fiakra. Unala kept waiting for the answer. He jabbed the guard in the arm with a clawed finger. Hello? Unala, wingmaster of Fiakra's army, is addressing you. There was no response. Listen here. Unala hissed to the unmoving guard. Just where do you get off thinking you can ignore Unala? And in front of the Hawk King, no less. The nerve you have. Why, I have half a mind. Yesterday was Dare's day, sir, said Nevik. You see? Unala said, pointing to Nevik. He follows Unala's orders. You could learn a lesson from him. That young Hawken is going places. Unala cleared his throat and found the information he was looking for. Ah, yes. The gate guards and the supervising officer last night were... This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Airy. Make sure to join us again next time. Will they make it to Uth, the last human village? Will the Hawk King come after them? Find out in the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Airy. The production and copyright date of this episode was July 30th, 2009. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Airy is spelled E-Y-R-I. And as always, thanks for listening.